listening to the Sermons Podcast for Ottawa Baptist Church. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this week's message. In Luke 15, Jesus finds himself where the Pharisees aren't too happy with him yet again. And it's because he is hanging out with those who are considered to be sinners and those who are tax collectors, those who are not in the good enough party. And the Pharisees are highly critical And in Luke 15, Jesus begins to tell them a series of parables about people who have lost things and how they have been found. Last week, we talked about the lost sheep that the shepherd found and the lost coin that the woman in the house lost. And yet when she found it, there was considerable joy. But there is a trilogy of parables, and we'll read the third parable that Jesus speaks about. And it's probably the more popular one in the set of three. And it's the parable of the lost son. And Jesus tells them, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare. And here I am, dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father said to him, coming, saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead, and now he has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And so the party began. If you continue the parable, you see that the older brother is not too thrilled that the younger brother has come home. He looks at his father and says, how are you going to honor this younger brother of yours, this or of mine, this younger son? He has squandered wealth. He has lived poorly, and yet you honor him. And it's in this setting that Jesus begins to tell this story, hoping that the Pharisees who are critical of him associating with sinners will read the story and find themselves in the position of the older brother. That in the story, they would be so convicted that they would recognize their fault, turn their heart around, and rejoice that the younger brother has come home. He was lost, but now he is found. And he is experiencing the love of his dad. Tis the season for love. There are many things to take from this story, and I will just mention a couple. As children grow up, parents will know that there is an independence that stirs within them. And it's a good thing, but it can be a difficult thing. How many of you moms and dads maybe remember sending your kid to kindy for the first time? And you had those tears. We won't say whether they were 
tears of sorrow or tears of joy. But yet there were tears. There was this new beginning, this display of independence. And as you go on, it just leads to first overnight trips and then driving and then moving out, maybe getting married, moving to a different town, search of a vocation, of a career move. But you train your children to live independent lives, to be successful. So there is at times this awkward place that we get to when kids are figuring out some of this independent stuff. And truth be told, parents too. I remember as a teenager, there was some of this conflict as I was understanding more and more about the independence from the family. And my father would later would admit that it was difficult for him that his youngest son didn't need him in ways that he had needed his father before. And it was just a struggle. And I remember in the late teen years, my dad implemented a curfew. And I was a pretty responsible kid, but maybe there was once or twice where I got home pretty late and didn't make the call to let him know. And I remember one time coming home considerably late and the lights are out and I thought, surely they're asleep, I'm good. And I walk in the door and that must have triggered alarm bells. My dad knew that I wasn't home. And his attitude wasn't, ah, he'll be fine. We'll just see him in the morning. No, there was this heart that he had, this, is my son okay? Has something gone wrong? This pain of not knowing. This parable that Jesus speaks appears to be fictitious, but the elements are very real. And they're creating images in the minds of his hearers. As his audience hears Jesus say that there was this younger son who said, give me my inheritance now. I don't want to wait for you to die. Just give me what's rightfully mine. The immaturity, the disrespect, the dishonor, that father would have felt. And I think of the heart of the father to watch a child leave to a distant land, not knowing will you ever see him again, not knowing will he safely arrive, no ability to FaceTime and to text, to check in, out of sight, gone. What was stirring within the heart of the father to wake up and realize that the family dynamic now looks different? And it wasn't that he was congratulating and celebrating the departure of his youngest son as he begins to start a new life or a new family. No. There was a bitter break there as the younger son left. And I wonder what sat in the heart of the father day after day, longing for that relationship, remembering all the memories and all the good times. And he waited. And then one day, off in the distance, the father sees a figure heading to this state, and he wonders, could it be? Could it be my lost son? Could it be that he has returned? And in verse 20, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. And the son is reciting this apology. Dad, I know that I've sinned against heaven and earth, and I've done this thing, that, or the other thing. And the whole time it's as if the father is ignoring it, saying, bring out the ring, bring out the robe, bring out the sandals. My lost son has returned home. Not even pay attention, paying attention to the words of the son. And here we see the heart of the father, and we see that the father did not hold back his love. The floodgates opened and the celebration ensued. 
The father didn't stand at the entryway and say, is that my boy coming home? Yeah, I knew he wouldn't make it without me. Yeah, <laughs> let's see what he has to say. Let's see what excuse that he has for returning home. The father doesn't look in the interaction of the lost son and say, a servant. You think that you are worthy to even be a servant in my house? You're lower than a servant. You're going to have to earn your way again into my good graces. Doesn't do that. The father runs, he meets him, and he doesn't hold back his love. Give him the robe, give him the sandals, give him the ring, give him the feast. The father in the story waits an unspecified amount of time, and we look at the characteristics of the father in the story, and we can easily attribute them to the loving father in heaven. And I think about all that God has experienced as the world has continued. I wonder how many times that he looked down at wayward creation. And although he knew the things that would happen, he was left there shaking his head going, man, have you ever seen somebody that you knew the results of their actions would be a certain outcome? And you knew it was inevitable. And then you watched it happen and you're still in disbelief. I wonder if that's God sometimes. Like he, he knows it, but he looks and says, I wonder how often God looks down from heaven only to see how his imagers create one another. How we lie, cheat, steal, covet. How we treat one another unjustly. And yet, with the generations of iniquity and sin and transgression... Human behavior did not cause God to keep his love from the world. And the birth of Jesus Christ was proof that God did not hold back his love. And Christ did not hold his love from us either. In Luke 15, he's being accused for hanging out with the sinners, the tax collectors. Christ did not withhold his love from the people that he was around. And he was demonstrating God's love. Romans 5, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, for though a good person, someone might possibly die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this way. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He did not hold back his love. And the Apostle Paul was a recipient of that love. And he writes about it to the church in Ephesus saying, Remember you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship of Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise. You were without hope, without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And I think of that lost son who was at one time far away was now brought home and embraced by his father. Not reluctantly accepted, but fully embraced by his father. The father did not hold back his love. I'll ask Ross if he can kind of join me on stage as we prepare to close. I think we can kind of see ourselves in this story as the lost son.
And when I look at the story, what's noticeable is that as the distance increases between the father and son, the result is tragic. It leads to the squandering of wealth. It leads to riotous living. But not only that, it leads to emptiness and despair, the greater distance that exists between father and son. And as the lost son approaches, the father doesn't wait for him to arrive. He pursues him. And what does he do? He closes the distance. And when he does, the incredible display of love that is there. Bring the ring. Bring the sandals. Bring the robe. Kill the fatted calf. It's time to celebrate. And just as the Father did not hold back his love, the Father God does not hold back his love from us. And just as the Father in Jesus' parable came near, God came near in the person of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago in a town called Bethlehem, giving this incredible proof that God loves you. And that is the message today. Tis the season for love. If you're here today and you feel that there is this great distance between you and God, and you're trying to work it out and you're trying to figure it out, can I just tell you, determine in your heart to turn to him. You say, well, I don't know what to say. That's okay. The lost son comes and he's reciting all of these words and The father isn't wanting to pay attention to it because he can sense what's happening. The heart was already turned towards him. He had returned home. And so this morning what I wanted to do, just to maybe take two minutes in this space where we're celebrating the time when God came near. If you're at that place in a distance, can I just ask you to close your eyes right now? And can I encourage you in just, while Ross plays, to close that distance? Because there is a God in heaven who has made provision for you to draw near to him. And if you are here today and you're saying there is no distance between me and the Father, we are in a good place, then can I just ask that you would quietly pray for the next 60 seconds? For those who in here might not have that same relationship. God, I pray that your spirit would begin to reveal your love to everyone in this room. God, even those who don't have the words to say, may they sit here for the next 60 seconds. And maybe they may they just pour out their hearts to you in closing the distance and receive your love this morning. Thanks for checking out our sermons podcast today. For more information on Ottawa Baptist Church, please visit our website at www.ottawabaptist.com.